Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They, uh, that's better. I don't know what I just did. Yeah, uh, I was. That's why I, you may have noticed I kind of leaned up to look over a there. Ago. It kind of sounded We're a little good. weird We're here good. in the ears. So I went to uh, to Strange Brew this morning. Got my wife a coffee, but the main reason I went was they have. Well, Joel, I have I have some weaknesses. Would you like to know what they are? I I, I bet I know some of them. But continue. gambling is one. Tall women is another. Although I married a short woman. Uh and donuts. Donuts are a weakness of mine. I, I, I have trouble turning down a good donut. They have donuts now at Strange Brew Coffee House. And let me tell you, it was like kissing God on the mouth. All right? It, it was something. It was an experience. <laughs> a chocolate-covered strawberry Bavarian cream-filled donut. I mean, at that point, it's like you just wrote the book for me. <laughs> I, I just... It literally, it was literally like he went into my head and was like, what kind of donut would Brian like? And he made it. He made it, Joel. So I had a, I had a, a surreal moment eating that, that donut earlier. Are you saying Shane is God? I'm not saying that. He's not the God. He may be a God. <laughs> He's the God of coffee. <laughs> He's caffeinitis. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the Greek God of coffee was. Uh, but yeah, they got donuts now. So, you know. Donuts, coffee. We're getting into one-stop shopping here for your morning needs at Strange Brew Coffee. I mean, they already had you know muffins and scones and danishes. And, and they back, the, back in the heart of the pandemic, or we may, you know, they, you know, they were giving out milk and they had bread and milk, bread and yeah. milk and eggs. I mean, they've been there for you. Yeah, that's why. That's what a great local business does, and there is no greater local business than Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. College Corner wants to see you come in and grab some new gear. This as soon as possible, basically. they need to make You need to make that happen for yourself. Do yourself that favor. Don't be the guy that everybody's like, oh, here comes so-and-so still wearing that ratty polo from when Jackie Sherrill lost to Troy in 2001. And don't be that guy. Go get a nice new polo. We got n- Everything else that is new at Mississippi State, we got new coaches, new, new players, new facilities. The only thing that's old is your shirt. You're running out of time if you want some M over S gear before opening day. Two weeks. It's like, yeah. Two weeks from... from from today as you're listening. What a glorious thing that is. So do it now. Two, two uh, locations of College Corner to serve you in the Jackson, Mississippi area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Sometimes you got to make that choice. Do you want to have a big business to serve all your needs? Or do you want to have a local business to make sure that you get the service you want? Or you can just make the easy choice and go with Advantage Business Systems. Big enough, 
to handle all of your office technology needs, but small enough and local enough to take care of you like you are their own backyard. So call them today and find out what they can do for you, how they can help you out, and get your business going in the right direction for 2021. Let's keep profits up and problems down this year. Call them at 601-362-9192. Got it memorized. Or visit them online at absms.com. You find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Joel T. Time to talk. (laughs) Uh, Time to talk a little uh, little football, a little more year two with Mike Leach. So, and Bob, just go ahead and set this up. We've got a great interview coming up in just a minute. Coach Zach Arnett joined me. Uh, He put me in my place, one of these those questions. Just going to give you all guys a heads up on that. Good. I deserved it. You did. I needed that to happen. I hear you. Um, <laughs> now I won't. There are a lot of people in the world who will agree with that statement. Um, what, what was the? Uh, <laughs> that's what we need at Mississippi State. Marketing needs to get on this. Was it? Uh, was it Matumbo that used to like swat? Yeah. In the advertisement. No, no, no. no. The, it, yeah. We, we need like a a Mississippi State marketing campaign where mm-hmm. Mississippi State fans. Do something stupid, and, Zach, and Arnett. Zach Arnett jumps into the picture and puts them in their place. Somehow, Joel, some way. That is a million dollar idea. I mean, it really is. One of my favorite commercials right now is Dr. Rick. I love the Dr. Rick commercials. Zach Arnett could do something similar to that. It's like, hey, I think this is pretty good. Zach Arnett comes in and is like, let me tell you why it's not good. <laughs> All right, let me tell you why you've got a lot of improvement left to do. I would be completely down for that. Realism with Coach Zach Arnett. I'm, I'm down. Great interview, though. We'll talk to him in just a little bit. But you know, I think if we had sat here a year ago and said that State was going to have so many freshmen make impacts, it would have, would have been unreasonable to think that. And yet it is exactly how it played out. Nobody could have foreseen what was going to happen with Costello, with Kylan Hill, uh, so on and so forth. But by that same token, it feels even more unreasonable this year to say you're going to have a lot of, uh, of freshmen make big impacts because there's so many second-year guys. There's not a lot of veterans leaving this team. So let's look on the offensive side of the ball. Is there a, a Jaden Wally or a Will Rogers or a Jaquavius Marks, a guy you, you've got you got circled right now like, I think he's going to be a big part of what State does offensively in 2021? First guy that come to mind for me is Teddy Knox. Okay. And maybe that's my own fault, but in my mind, you know, I saw him as one of the bigger signings in this this signing class. And if you just had to pinpoint one of the offensive guys, one of the offensive pieces that signed, to me, I think it's hard to bet against him being the one that, that comes in and makes an impact right away. I mean, yeah, I mean – if, Jaco- if you told me Jacoby Moore, um, you know, came in and blew the doors off, I wouldn't be totally shocked. Um, I mean, you, you could make a case for a number of guys, but to me, I, I think Teddy Knox kind of going in as the hand, you know, hands down favorite of the offensive bunch, first year guys to come in and do something. I think that's a very smart and safe pick, to be totally honest with you. I think that's a a, a guy that, yeah, because you know, receiver is such a a a position where they you play first off they play so many guys there. You know, it's not it's not quarterback or, or running back. There, there's there's always going to be three or four or five of those guys on the field, and he does appear to be the best of the bunch. Although I will say, 
Antonio Harmon, to me, is so intriguing because towards the end of the year last year, you saw State tried to get Cumbus and Spivey involved more, bigger bigger targets. That's what Harmon is. You know, he's, he's listed at 6'4", 205. After a summer in the weight program, you got to figure he's going to be about 225. So he's a big target for Mississippi State, and that's something, you know, Knox, Tulu, Jaden Wally, you know, does, don't really give you. Malik Heath is probably the, the best big target you have of your wide receivers. So Harmon is a guy I could see making an impact if he comes, and 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 sort of this is going to be like a theme. They got to come in and, and be ready to play and pick things up quickly and be willing to work. But if he can, I could see Harmon making a big big impact. But I do agree. I think Teddy Knox is is the the biggest one. I will say that if I, if Sawyer Robertson were here, if he was an early enrollee, I think he would make the quarterback con- competition very very interesting. Do you do you think the same? I do, but I would still. I would still think Will would be a, a heavy favorite going into year two. A heavy favorite? I, I don't. I, I don't know that I agree with that. I, I think I do because I mean, I, you saw kind of the issues of first year players in this system last year, um, and I, I know that Leach has had some success with first year guys in his system. I mean, Gardner Minshew went to Washington State, and everybody knows by now what Gardner Minshew did at Washington State. He was a stud. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I mean Will Rogers comes in and and look, it took him several games before it got to the point to where you, you started to really see some. I mean, you yourself sat in that chair many times and said, "I'm not seeing anything out of Will Rogers yet," kind of thing. And by the end of the year, he'd kind of come around. Do you want to play that game with Sawyer Robertson again? You know where. I mean, I guess you could make the case that Sawyer Robertson is just better than Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. I and, think you can make that case. I think but be- better is is not the right word. More talented. And maybe that's maybe maybe he is maybe he isn't. But but Will has now spent basically an entire season in the system, True. and I just I feel like there are too many things in Will's favor that could Sawyer have beaten him out. If he had been here over spring, sure, I guess it's you know it's it's possible. And Sawyer is one of the most talented quarterbacks and to sign Mississippi State ever, mm-hmm. so it's it's possible he could have. Right. But in my mind, Will has so much in his favor; it would have been hard for me to see him as anything other than a heavy favorite. Right. The other signee, not a high school guy, Nick Jones on the offensive line. I think he will immediately come in and compete for playing time, maybe uh, at one of the guard spots. Uh, more than likely, he could be the guy who replaces Dorian Parker if things go go right for him. And of course, you know we're sort of leaving out the uh, the transfers. Makai Polk is another receiver I, I, at six foot four. I mean, I think he could immediately slide in and give you, or at least he'll have the opportunity to give you what Osiris Mitchell gave you a season ago. Which they, you know, Mitchell was definitely up and down, but if you can get that same production and maybe just a, a tad bit more. That's going to be, you know, perfectly acceptable for Polk in his first year in this offense. I think. Yeah, I'll tell you what you got, along with some of these first year guys. I mean, we could go. How many names down the the list? You know, think you think we could get a receiver before we get to a guy, and you're like, yeah, he's probably not going to contribute. You're talking about the whole roster, or yes, just in this? yes. Like if you just start counting down receivers, because I mean, whether it's Malik Heath or Peyton or you know Austin Williams, I mean, you got to go about 10 deep before you ever get to a guy that you're like, yeah, he's probably not going to contribute much this year. Here are the receivers listed, and I'm just going to worry about scholarship guys. But Peyton will make a contribution this yep. year. Malik Heath will. Yep. Uh, 
If Sp- I think Spivey has a role to play. Yep. Uh, Brad Cumbus might be the one that we're thinking the least contribution. Obviously, there's Jaden Wally, Tulu Griffin. What what role does Rufus Harvey have this year? Can he can you know he he had a he had a rough year last year injuries. I think he had COVID issues, but he you know people say that he's he's good for this system a, a slot guy elusive and makes the catch. Quentin Torber I don't expect anything from him. Um, Austin Williams we already we already talked about him. So yeah, I mean it's kind of funny if you'd asked me last year, you know even in like August. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jaden Wally will have an impact on on this? No. Season? I just said heck no. No, like no, that's not a no offense to Jaden Wally. Yeah. I just well, he, he was off my radar. I mean, I would have thought said State's top guys were. I would have definitely said Tulu Griffin ahead of Jaden Wally. Yeah, and I would have said you know Heath Mitchell uh, Shavers at that time in August, uh, Austin Williams and Javante Payton. So yeah, they're, they're, it's it's quite it's quite possible that we're going to be looking at this in December. And Teddy Knox has racked up fifty to sixty catches. You know he's going to be the fastest guy in this group. He and Griffin are going to have to sort of fight that out. And I, I told, won't be completely surprised if a guy like Antonio Harmon, a guy like Jacoby Moore, uh, ends up being a uh, a big a big piece as well. Um, let's flip gears. Let's let's flip sides of the ball then, and let's talk about the defense. Who's the Emmanuel Forbes? Is there is there a, especially I think Deshaun Page sort of goes without saying. Yeah. I think he's gonna have an opportunity to compete. But is there a freshman in here that you think could be a, a impact player from day one? Uh, just, you know, secondary is really where you kinda where you kinda look at as as where you would have the most opportunity. But uh like Corey Ellington, for instance, is a, is a guy that obviously signed, but is he a guy that you would expect to contribute a lot from day one? I don't know. You know, I I don't think he would be a guy that would be expected to do that. Right, I wouldn't. Uh, so you got to look at other positions. You know, can uh, gosh, one one of the other linebackers. Well, uh, that, you know, the highest kinda, rated guy is John Lewis. Yeah, and I you know I see him as sort of an outside guy. You know, so he's behind Tyrus Wheat, exactly. That's and Aaron right. Brule. He's behind so many guys. That's, so that's where what what kind of impact can he make? Uh, Deontay Anderson, and when we get to this interview, we will. You know, uh, Zach Arnett makes it clear he's like you know the further away from the ball you are as a freshman, the more the better chance you have to make an impact. So those, it's it's tough for a, a freshman defensive lineman to come in, especially one. I mean, he's a defensive end. And he's listed at six three two twenty five. Right off the bat, you know he's got to put forty or fifty pounds on to have any kind of success at the next level. You know, I've kind of always agreed with that, but I've never heard it put that way. <laughs> That's a, it's a good way of looking yeah. at it, yeah, isn't it? The further away from you from the ball you are, so no chance for centers and nose guards. <laughs> That's a freshman. You got to be really, really good. You know, Ty Cooper. I mean, State needs needs a guy to step up at defensive end. You know, they, they, they're losing Spencer and, and Kobe Jones. Obviously, you feel pretty good. You know, with Charlton. Who you know, as a transfer, we feel like will make an impact. Jordan Davis, I feel like he's going to be successful at, at, there. So can Ty Cooper come in? I, I don't know the answer to that. I'll be honest with you; to me, there doesn't really strike me as a guy on the defensive side of the ball that I say, yeah, year one contributor. The way I, I mean, if you remember last year, I said I thought Emmanuel Forbes 
had a chance to be a, a, a you know player immediately for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, of course, at that time, I didn't know Jerry and Jones was going to transfer out. I thought the starting corners would be Jones and Emerson. But there, there, isn't, there just isn't that guy in this class. You know, obviously, when you look at the transfers, that's where the impact guys are. Charlton, Jalen Green, and then we'll see who the portal brings to Starkville over the, over the next few months. Those are the guys that this class is going to be built on defensively. To start, anyway. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I kind of like where State is defensively. Don't oh, they got I a mean, lot of young talent there? Yeah. Um, but between what they're bringing back and the young talent and Zach Arnett at the helm, man, I, I just kind of losing Errol hurts for sure. And I mean, losing Kobe and Marquise, and you know that that can't be ignored. Um, but overall, I. I think it's it's going to be a strong group. Kind of kind of funny how in a year's time we went from uh, I don't know about that group to hey maybe they could kind of carry the team a little bit. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens there. So from a sleeper perspective, who Jaden Wally is that guy right? Like you know, Forbes, you thought he was going to be a contributor immediately. Jaquavius Marks. I think you thought, well, he's probably going to be the number two running back behind Kylan Hill. Um, so you, you sort of had some expectations for those guys. Wally was a guy I had no expectations for. Didn't think he would be a, a big contributor uh, early in his career. Is there a Jaden Wally in this class, a guy that you're like, if, if things break right for him, he could be a big contributor this year? Overall? Just yeah. the entire the yeah. entirety of the class? Yeah. Ah. Uh. You know, I'd be tempted to say Lewis if it weren't for the fact he is behind so many guys. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, but he has... I, here's something I believe about recruiting. You tell me if you disagree. When a guy blows up like that, it's because he's incredibly talented. You know, because these guys get spotted so early and things like that. But when a guy goes from unranked to he was basically the state's top prospect after Deion Smith in about a five-month period... The people who who know are telling you that kid can really play, you know, because they're just looking at all they're looking at is game film. They haven't seen anything of him in camp or anything like that. They're just watching him dominate at at, at his level. Yeah, and so maybe, I mean, talent. Macho Man Randy Savage told us anything. It's that the cream rises, cream rises to, to the top. top. I mean, uh, but who's he going to displace? You know, to well, I mean, think about it. they they they. They rotated linebackers a lot last year. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about coming in and 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 you know displacing. Although, and you'll find out in our interview with uh with Zach Arnett. I mean, you know, he's he's planning on moving his linebackers around and trying to find the right fit. You know, the answer might be for me is Jacoby Moore. I feel like he, he was the the receiver that this the in state guy that this they 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 crave the most. The staff, you know, they 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 wanted Deion Smith. But once they became obvious they couldn't get him, Jacoby Moore was their top guy. I mean, they never went after Isaiah Brevard. Um, you know, they they slow played Harmon all the way till the end, basically. Buck Alter they took, but they were not overly distraught when he decided to go to Ole Miss. Moore was the guy they I think they had the, the most for. So I mean, he's six foot two, two hundred pounds. So that means he's a bigger receiver. He can sort of built like Malik Heath. I won't be surprised at all if he ends up being a 40-catch guy as a true freshman. Now, he might end up being a guy just red shirts. But if you tell me at the end of the year he's a 40-catch guy, I'm not going to be surprised by that. 
you would like his chances better than Knox's that we talked about earlier? No, no, no. I, I, Knox is definitely the guy yeah. in this, but Moore could be the sleeper. Could could very well be. Um, you know, coming off of injury and things, he may be kind of overlooked, and we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. The thing with receivers, there's just so many options. You know, like I would say it's tough to stand out, but I mean, Jaden Wally sure found a way. Um, yeah. I think it's tougher to do that in year two, though, because you have guys that are now established, like Jaden Wally, that you have to kind of make your name in addition to him. So, yeah, uh, yeah. If we're looking for a number two, Jacoby Moore's probably not a bad spot to look if you yeah. want, if you want to keep going down that list. I agree. Well, good. Agree. All right. <laughs> Let's move on into this interview brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. The Welcome Home Beef hotline still very much in effect. And uh, you need to be on the Welcome Home Beef hotline. And by that, I mean you need to be calling Welcome Home Beef. Only a week or, what, 10 days now till Valentine's Day? If you haven't already placed your order for that incredible package they've got, a filet or ribeye, your choice. You get two steaks. You can pick two of the same or one of each. You get two sides of asparagus, two sides of mashed potatoes, two sides, or sorry, five uh, seafood stuffed mushrooms and five pieces of delicious, fantastic, borderline erotic, chocolate-covered bacon. I just, I would just be like, look, instead of the steak, can I just get like 30 pieces of chocolate-covered bacon? Can we just do that instead? I would have to think they could probably work out something. I'm sure that we could work out a deal. That's the great thing about Welcome Home Beef. They're always willing to work with you. They are definitely your your hometown butcher shop. And, of course, they can be – it doesn't really matter what your hometown is in North Mississippi. They've got places all over the the, the north of the state to uh, to take care of you and take a, you know to help you out when you just head into the, your local supermarket. In DeKalb, they're at Pilgrim's Pride. They're at the Price Center in Pontotoc. Gardner Supermarket in Corinth. They're at Piggly Wiggly in Batesville, Collinsville, and Olive Branch. They're at Reed's Market in Bahalia, and uh, where'd it go? <laughs> New Albany, and here in Starkville and in Louisville, they are at Val's. So welcome home beef on the shelf at your favorite local grocery store. And, of course, you can always just swing by University Drive. You can call them at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com and get yourself something going right away. And I promise you this, when you take it off the grill, when you slice it, when you put it in your mouth, it just tastes good. Let's go now to the Welcome Home Beef Hotline and talk to Coach Zach Arnett. Joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Coach Zach Arnett, Mississippi State Defensive Coordinator. Coach, just finished up recruiting and, and sort of just finished up being recruited yourself. If I believe everything I read, you know, it seems like every power program in the country uh, gave you a phone call this off season. Don't want to delve too much into that, but one thing I was able, at least I, I, I came to the conclusion of, was one of the things that made staying at Mississippi State attractive for you was that your relationship with Coach Leach is basically you know, you're in control of the defense. That that's your your job, and he he leaves you to it. How unique a relationship is that in college football? Are there a lot of coaches that are sort of heavy handed with, even though they're offensive guys, they like to put their stamp on the defense as well. Uh, I, I, Really, I have no idea how how it is at other places. Uh, you know, I imagine if you're a defensive coordinator and you're working for an offensive head coach, you probably have a little bit more autonomy. And if you're uh, and vice versa, and even if your head coach has a background in in the side of the ball you're on, you know, typically they're a little more involved. But I have a phenomenal relationship with Coach Leach, and you know, he, he lets us 
He obviously has a style of defense he wants to play, and he has a vision for what he wants his defense to look like. And he hired me to to get that job accomplished. And we're still working on that. We got a long way to go, but uh, it's, it's terrific being a defense coordinator, working for a for a head coach who wants you to play an aggressive attacking style of defense and and let you do that. What what would your assessment of your first year at Mississippi State, your defense? Because you know when we look at it, we think, gosh, that defense they were pretty good this year. I know coaches will you're probably never going to say anything like that. What what would you say? You know, if you had to grade it or however you want to put it, what was year one for you here at Mississippi State? Oh, not good enough. Obviously, obviously we got a long way to go. Getting better. You know, there's there's things in in every level of defense and all facets, whether it be. You know, defending the run, defending the pass, creating more more negative plays, keeping points off the scoreboard. I mean, that's the ultimate measure of a defense is how how few or how many points you give up. And so we need to we need to improve on that. And if you're not improving, then they'll they'll find a new defensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, one of the the things we said a lot this season was, you know, with Coach Leach that. Well, you know, it's it, it's such a big transition to what he wants to do offensively and things of that nature. We're not really seeing his offense. Let's put that on your side of the ball. How much of what we saw at Mississippi State this year was your defense, and how how different can it look in year two? I think that a lot of that be determined by who we who we evaluate and decide are our best eleven players, and then you, you know, you typically you try to figure out who your best twenty-two are, a two deep, and. Coming out of spring practice, after we after we determine, all right, these are our best players and these are what they do well. Then, then you the scheme kind of fits fits their skill set and the thing and the, the things you can major in. Now, obviously, there's going to be carryover every year. Everyone has, you know, everyone in the country has zone coverage, man coverage. But what you specialize in and how you do it, uh, that's determined by by putting your 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 best players in the best position to be successful. Let's look. Let's look at year two. That's sort of been the focus on these past few Fridays here for us on the podcast. And you know, we've talked about what does the year two look like under Mike Leach at his previous stops. And one thing he never really had at year two at Washington State or at Texas Tech was that that solid defense. When it comes to this this upcoming season, what's the area? I know. I know you. You're probably going to tell me everything. But if you had to be a little specific, you know, for year two, what areas do you think you, you need to see the most improvement out of your unit? I don't think that's a I just I don't think that's a correct question. No offense, but I mean I think uh I think it was the coach for the Buffalo Bills got asked this here recently after his after their last playoff game, but mm-hmm. we have to improve in every facet. The coaches we have to get better. All right, we gotta we gotta find a way to to coach them better. We got to find a way to increase our knowledge, add some maybe you know, whether that means adding scheme or how we can coach the scheme better within what we already do. As players, we got to improve. You know that's why they're that's why they're on the field. You know, in morning runs and doing weightlifting sessions. We got to get out in spring ball. We we got to improve in every single facet of our program if we're going to take the next step, or or we'll be a disappointment. And so. That, that's always the mentality, but I'm not going to point to any one facet and say, "Oh, we got to do this better, or we got to do that better." We we have to improve at everything. Sorry to, you know, if that's not the answer you're looking for. That's right. I get I ask quite. I have a wife and two kids, man. I ask questions all the time that I don't get the answer for. You you, you probably know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So, so 
one thing Mississippi State has not had a lot of is coaching continuity over the, basically the past decade. How important is it for you to be to know, hey, all the guys I worked with last year, they're coming back for this season, and we can all, like you just sort of said, get better as a staff? Oh, I think that's a, I think that's a big benefit. Anytime you're working with the exact same group of guys, um, you know, you've spent a lot of time together now. You kind of everyone, you know, everyone's personality, their way of doing things, um, and you know, obviously, trust is built over time. And so, to have to have all the same guys on the defensive staff, that should be a big benefit because you're not you're not spending time in the spring teaching the defense or what you're trying to accomplish to a new assistant because everyone's already been in it for a year. And so, hopefully, that that pays off in the long run. Well, we talked. Uh, I think last summer, maybe maybe early spring, and we talked about the three three five. And I said, you know, under at Mississippi State, we always think about Joe Lee Dunn and his philosophy on cornerbacks was just put them out there on the island and let's just sort of see what happens. You've got a couple of guys that you might feel comfortable doing that with, with Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. How much better do you think those guys can be in, in this upcoming season? Oh, there's plenty of room to improve. I mean, I know, you know, both those guys sit down. With- Coach McBath regularly, their position coach, and review review cut ups and, and plays from the season where, you know, there's there's either missed opportunities, maybe could have had a an interception or a PBU if you had done something fundamentally or technique wise better, or uh, you know, look at look at a play where you get beat or give up a give up a catch and try to evaluate. All right, you know, is there something could that could have been done better, but. You know, a lot of times you don't give up some catches. Now that's not a that's not an issue. We got we got two really good ones. Obviously, uh, love the way Forbes. You know, he has the ability to go up and get the ball, interception, and then do something with it afterwards. I was got three three touchdowns, I think. Yeah. On interception returns, so uh, I couldn't be happier with the two corners we got out there. <laughs> I sure hope they like being on an island because <laughs> I got I got no problem calling defenses that do that. Yeah. I thought one of the the players who you know took the biggest step for you last season, coming from you know from a season ago from the 2019 season, was Jaden Crumity. I was very impressed with him, you know, anchoring the middle of that defense and and being sort of that, you know, I, in this system. Just from my from my eyes, I feel like you need that big guy in the middle to sort of absorb space and, and take on blockers. How, how impressed with you were you with him in the, in the 2020 season? And, and again, sort of the same question, you know, how how high how high can his ceiling go? I think I think Cremody is you know in the mold of all one of you know big time defensive linemen who come out of Mississippi State and then go on to bright bright professional careers. Uh, I probably don't give him enough recognition when I do these you know different interviews because you know, he's probably our most consistent guy just in terms of he shows up every single day, smile on his face. All he wants to do is work and get better. You know, obviously when you're an interior D lineman. Some of those flash plays that that other positions are more uh, likely to have. They don't show up as much when you're an inside guy and you're taking on double teams or mixing up in the trenches. But I, I happen to think he's probably our most most consistent, reliable player on defense on an every down basis. And so I, I couldn't be happier with what he's done. And obviously, in my opinion, good defenses are strong down the middle. So having him inside there at the nose position. You always want to have a good middle linebacker, and you want to have a good, you know, if you got a good safety down the middle, those guys have the most opportunities to show up at the football because they're, they're always inside out on everything. And so uh, we're fortunate enough to have a really good one in, in Cremity. 
you sort of segued into what I have next for the question because, you know, part of college football is guys go, come and go. Errol Thompson has been a stalwart here for Mississippi State for these past four seasons. Uh, now headed off probably to a, to a, another – going to be another great Bulldog defender in the, in the NFL. What's the plan there? You know, who are the first names we should be looking to to, to say, okay, we're going to pencil them in at middle linebacker next year? Yeah, I think, you know, in that in that Missouri game, last regular season game, obviously Errol got uh, – he had to miss the rest of the game for a, a targeting call in the mm-hmm. second play, which I don't know, I thought it was a textbook tackle, but – and let's go leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to give you 25 grand, Coach. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I don't have it. But, but you know, the rest of that game, uh, Nathaniel Watson played that played the rest of the game. He was our middle linebacker, and that one, he did, he did a nice job. So I, I would say going into spring, right, he's probably going to the first crack at it. Proof he's the guy. And he, he played, shoot, every single linebacker position we had last year. So highly intelligent. Um you know, he's kind of a true Mike, so he's going to get the first shot. But we got some, we got some talented guys behind him who are also going to get the mix in there. Obviously, uh, you know, Rodney Gross. We got, uh, you know, Jet Johnson also going to get a shot. And then we'll see if someone, someone we recruited, signed, can come in and, and prove their, you know, they can pick up on the scheme fast enough and and show they're athletic enough and physical enough for the, the demands of the job. Everyone's going to get a crack at it, but I would say we'll probably keep Boule, you know, at least initial plan where he's at at our will linebacker position. He's got all those reps invested in there. Um, and then if we can't find a, a middle linebacker to, to fill Errol's shoes, then maybe, you know, maybe we give Boule a, a, a shot. But I like what he's done out at, out at the will. You know, he just finished recruiting uh, yesterday as we're recording today. This, this podcast will go up on Friday. And so now you're at you know signing day is over, and now that you know you're looking ahead to the spring, is this the most normal it's felt for you as a coach since you know we go back to last March and the cancellation of spring practice? Because right now on the calendar, it feels like this is actually where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I would say last year about the same time we were in a similar similar position. You know, we got ready for our our midnight maneuvers, putting guys through agility circuits, leading up to spring break, and then go right into spring ball, and then all of a sudden spring break hit, right? And that's when that's when everything got shut down. So um, certainly hope that doesn't happen this year. But, yeah, things are getting getting back to normal, obviously, for us as coaches, right? We want to just give us an opportunity to get, get around the players a whole lot more, go through a spring practice, get 15 practices in, and then hopefully – Hopefully by that time, situations nationwide are, are so that we can have an end to this dead period and we can actually get back out on the road and go around to high schools and, and visit high school coaches, get an opportunity to see kids work out at, at spring practices, and you actually get a, an in-person evaluation done as opposed to everything through a computer screen. Yeah. Looking at this past recruiting class, give me a couple of guys that you're, you're looking at saying, okay, I think they could be, you know, if they come in and do the right things, be impact players for us in 2021? Oh, I think it's <clears throat> very difficult to assume a, a freshman is going to come in and be an impact player because there's so many adjustments. You know, obviously they're going from being the probably the biggest, strongest kid on the field, the best player, and now they're the, the little fish again, you know, and the competition level greatly increases. So I don't think you'd ever expect a true freshman to come in and be a, an impact player, but obviously it happens every year. You know, Emmanuel Forbes this year, uh, 
Will Rogers at quarterback. And so, uh, tip, historically, you know, skill positions, the further you are away from the line of scrimmage, you have a little better chance to come in as a freshman because the game's not as physically demanding. It's, it's a lot more skill-based. You know, Forbes ain't having to mix it up with a 350-pound yeah. O-lineman. He gets to line up and cover a guy. So, so you would hope a, a DB or a wide receiver or a skill guy, linebackers too, they have they have a chance to come as freshmen. D linemen, if uh, yeah, I tell you what, if one of these freshmen D linemen we think can come in and and be an impact player as a freshman, then we know we got the right one because that is very hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. What about a guy, you know, a junior college guy like Deshaun Page? Do you think he can make an impact in twenty twenty one? Yeah, I know. I know. This, we wouldn't we wouldn't go. A, a JC route or a transfer route if we didn't think the guy had the ability to come in and, and get on the field and make an impact because that's, that's typically the reason, right, where you target older right. guys either through junior college or a transfer portal is because they should have a better chance because they're physically more mature. Uh, they should have a better chance to come in and, and be contributors immediately. Well, Coach, I think we're both on the same page, Sam. I'm looking forward to the, the start of spring practice and sort of getting back to normal as much as we possibly can these days. So, Coach, Zach Arnett, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too. All right, thanks to Coach Arnett. Appreciate his time. I thought that was a really good interview, even when he was, you know, taking care of my, you know, making sure that I was, you know, keep staying in my lane there. Good stuff from him. Uh, We'll talk about what he said right now, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Two Brothers Smoked Meats who are just simply waiting for you to stop by and enjoy their southern soul food with a funky fusion. Get a great drink, a great meal. You can people watch. It's just just the best spot in the Cotton District as far as I'm concerned. They've got the outdoor patio this spring when things warm up a little bit. While it's cold, if you want to sit outside, they've got the heated front porch as well. So swing by Two Brothers today. Grab yourself some of the best smoked wings I've ever had. Pork rind nachos, tacos, burgers, sandwiches. They've got it all there. They've got one of the better macaroni and cheeses in town, too, with the pork belly in it. Oh, yes. Again, I, I feel like I could talk. I feel like I could do a whole show about how great Two Brothers is. I, I, could, I could talk for 30 minutes. I could just go down the menu and tell you why you should eat these particular things. I might have to go there again this weekend. We'll see what happens. You should go by there as soon as you can. 621 University Drive in the Cotton District, Two Brothers. Smoked meats. You're not going to believe this, Joel. I know you haven't heard the interview yet, but Zach Arnett was very matter-of-fact. Very straightforward and very very firm in his beliefs about his defense. You know, I wonder if uh, when he and his wife are driving down the road and she's like, honey, what do you want to eat? He seems like a guy who's like, I want this and I want it now. Yeah. You know, he seems like a guy There's no no guessing. There's no, I don't know if I want pizza or barbecue. He's like, we're going to Two Brothers. <laughs> Let me tell you why we're going to Two Brothers right now, and why why what you think is wrong. So between him and Coach Brock, I interviewed Coach Brock for the pregame show uh, last uh, last season, and I, I was talking about special teams. I said, you know, I see the special teams, and I think, gosh, they're so much better than they were a year ago. How do you feel? He's like, oh, I think they got a lot of improvement. To do. <laughs> like I knew it. I knew what was going to happen here. Um, but he likes his defense, obviously. Uh, you know, he, he's talking about Forbes and, and Emerson, and I, you know, he said, I, "I hope they're they're comfortable out there on the island, because I got I got no problem dialing up blitzes to to put them out there." Are those two guys sort of like? I feel like the '99 defense. That defense was so great because you know, and of course, a different time where basically there were just two wide receivers, but that defense was so great because Smoot and Bean could cover everything, 
if you have something similar to that with Emerson and Forbes, I mean, doesn't it feel like the the ceiling for this defense is really high? Oh, absolutely, man. Because, I mean, you don't mind being as aggressive as you want to be. Uh, you can send who you want to send, and you just trust that Emerson and Forbes are going to do their job. And, you know, it's kind of the old Madden or NCAA football, EA sports strategy. Sometimes you just bring the house and, you know. Engage eight. eight yeah, just bring them on. And, and you trust your uh, – you trust your stud corners to take care of the rest and, and lock down their man. And I mean, if that works, if you can do that, do it every play. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I guess realistically, you can't do it every play, but not realistically. Yeah, but on NCAA, you NCAA, can. You can. And uh, I got no problem engaging eight for about five, six plays in a row. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if if Emerson and Forbes are as good as you want them to be, and they are just glued to that, their man. I mean, you can be a lot more aggressive than you could otherwise, for sure. Yeah. But then, you know, he talks about being strong up the middle. And State's got some issues up the middle. You know, I feel good about Cromedy and Pickering there. they got to they got to replace Errol Thompson. And then they need, you know, one of these safeties to step up and become, you know, a, a real leader out there. I think Fred Peters can be that guy. C.J. Morgan, C.J. Morgan, I certainly feel like he has the leadership. Can he play? You know, is he still going to be, you know, all the way back from his injury? <sighs> You know, and then you just sort of figure some things out uh, beyond those two. I, 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 you know, I think Colin Colin uh, Duncan is good. I think Sean Preston has some talent. I mean, Jalen Green, Green is going to be in that mix. But he talks about being strong up the middle. Do you think this MSU defense this year will, will be strong up the middle? Uh, it's the big question. I mean, it, it's tough to just sit here today and say yes, they will be when you got when you got Errol Thompson gone. I mean, that's. You got to do a heart transplant a little bit for that defense because you, you you got it reached in and plucked away from you. Um, well, that's the wrong way to say it. You didn't get it plucked away. He was a senior. It was, he was ready to go. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I mean, Errol has been the heart and soul of that defense for so long. It's tough to take a guy like that out of the center of your defense and then say, "Oh, you're still fine in the middle." I mean, it's just guesswork. It's going to take somebody stepping up and whether it's Deshaun Page or whoever, um, Nate Watson, somebody. But I think there's the potential, for sure. Um, After what we saw a year ago, we went into the year with so many questions, and quite honestly, I thought it was questions that weren't going to be answered and State was just going to be bad defensively. If that taught me anything, it's that I'm not going to sit here and say State can't fill those holes because I think Arnett will find a way to fill them. So him being there gives me confidence they will be strong up the middle. But it is tough to say with any degree of certainty that's the case, yeah. particularly with no arrow. The good news is, I think, for Mississippi State fans, is that you should have a lot of trust in Zach Arnett to get it fixed and get it right and, and have things going the right way. So we'll see what, what where that takes us uh, in 2021. But, yeah, defensively, if, if, if I, I think that the offense is going to take a big jump in 2021. The defense is going to need to take a big jump to me. They take – any kind status of status quo. If they would be move, fine. well, status quo would be good. If they move forward at all, this has a potential to be a really good football team. So we'll see. All right, uh, Monday show or Sunday show, we'll uh, we'll recap Mississippi State South Carolina uh, from from the uh, from the weekend. Uh, we'll talk a little more football. Uh, we might see some idea, might see a little movement in the transfer portal. You never know how that's going to work out. And uh, time starts getting a little serious about baseball. I don't know. Joel Coleman doesn't mind that one bit. 
So, Hallelujah. We'll do it. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Joel and I will be back with you very, very soon. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.